All right, we might be small in numbers today, but Morgan got us rounded up, and we're going to do a podcast, uh, try to recap some things that happened. So we are back, and we want to thank everyone for being patient. Um, I've had so many requests for a new podcast episode, but we have been trying our hardest to get into this new lodge and have every client this year be able to enjoy it. We've started from the ground up in just a little over 30 weeks. Yeah, it's been a full team effort. People that aren't in our team came and help on trying to get this lodge under roof. And it actually, I from the time we started, I didn't think it was even possible. I figured I'd work every day until I couldn't work no more. And if we made it, we made it. And if not, if not. And still down to the last week, I didn't think we were going to make it in. And friggin here we are. Here we are. Yep. Guides turned carpenters and yep. insulators and packing wood and <laughs> cleaning up and holding the tape measure and getting yelled at. Yep, you got guys that don't want to work <laughs> regular jobs, working a regular construction job all summer. So we we need to be in the woods and not in regular society, plain and simple. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason why these guys are guides. So yeah. Everyone could see kind of what this lodge is hopefully going to bring. We have big plans for it. We all pulled together and somehow made it happen. So we are excited for all of our future clients to see everything. So spring bear was a little bit of a blur. We did ha- we had a good bear season. Well, I did the math. I think we were over 120% honest opportunity now, in bear season. how is that possible? We had multiple clients that had multiple opportunities. Unfortunately, we only were able to tag four bears. We had a lot of missed opportunities this year in spring bear. A lot of misses. Yes, uh, 14 misses. Hunting bears, you can always seem to, whether you're spotting them long distance or you're in tight on them, it just doesn't always happen. But right. you're even seeing bears as you traverse in the vehicle back and forth. This country has a ton of bears. It, it's some of the better bear hunting in the country. Uh, there's some talk about it maybe going back to a two-bear limit. I've heard that yeah. rumor in the streets. Uh, they uh, they just did a, those biologists just did the study, what, last week or something like that. Um, he come out and... Yeah, did they they did a little um, I guess presentation for yep. the the area just kind of some of the information that they they've kind of put together and they found that there is a lot of bears. Yeah, and we're getting like seventy percent of the calves and fawns are being ate up. Is that the correct number from the? So yeah, about about seventy percent of the ones that have you know been killed by predators. Yeah, that the biologists know when they see a can a calf or a fawn killed, it's been killed by a bear. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Uh, and this place is thick, so we need bear hunters. We do. Yep. Our bear season cuts out right as the bears go to eating calves and fawns, and it goes in the rest of the state. Some uh, units, it drags on through that 
that yeah, time. Yeah, into um, June fifteenth. Honestly, you can watch the bears go from eating certain feeds to hunting in brush fields, searching, and they're covering lots of ground. You know exactly what they're doing, and you can tell as when you're guiding in glass and stuff, you're like, all right, there's fawns and calves dropping now for sure. And then our bear season goes out. We need bear hunters. Guided a youth hunter that we definitely need to tell that story. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, Logan Goodwin single-handedly keeping my guiding career alive right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was having trouble finding bears. Could find grizzly bears, mountain goats, all kinds of cool things. Um, was having trouble finding black bears, and Logan had found an, a nice bear. I think the week prior that he wasn't going to be able to get to, or was just sick of hunting because he kept pulling the slip on him. My little guy Easton. It was a trooper that week, and I mean we had a we had a great week hiking around, seeing lots of country. He could he could move, him and his dad, you know, no problems at all. So sorry to interrupt you there, but so Easton, how old was Easton? Twelve. Uh, uh, we'll explain this little kid a little bit. Uh, he shot in Las Vegas, um, and was he's a youth world champ for archery. Yes, they booked a hunt when we uh, when we took over this place, and he brought his son out. So I give them Jay because I knew that I knew they were going to be very inquisitive. The kid was going to ask probably a ton of questions, and it takes a special guide to guide a twelve-year-old to keep their attention into. Yeah, and, and th- <laughs> thankfully we did have uh, Logan Trumbull yep. as well. He he helped out a lot. That was probably his first week, kind of as an as an assistant guide, and he he did great. He kept the attention of that little guy, kept him in the in the game the whole yep. time fire build and all kinds of so you guys ended up harvesting a very nice bear yep but anyways we glassed that bear up probably around five o'clock at like 600 yards we're able to move around the ridge to it to get into a better position we started closing distance and the, the bear kept feeding out on this ridge it turned into a circus of a yard sale packs <laughs> and gear falling out of bags and we set up on this bear maybe four or five times before we could actually get a shot off at it mainly because the bear would you know we get set up and then the bear would just kind of go over the ridge just a little bit where we couldn't get a shot on him and we'd have to pick up packs move down grab east and get him set up and if in a few times you know we're telling him to shoot and he wouldn't do anything and eventually he just turns and looks at it, he's like can i shoot now and we're like, yeah, we're, we're about ready to pull our hair out. Like, yes, please shoot this bear. I guess he has earplugs in. He, yeah, he had earmuffs on. He couldn't hear us the whole time. And, and <laughs> we didn't even think of that at, at the time. But he, he shot that bear, I mean, square in the heart, plopped him down, and it was it was over right then and there. And he, he was a, a stone-cold killer, though. I mean, he was in it the entire time. And, I mean, didn't really show a bit of emotion until after the fact and which was great this country will always lend its hand to people that work hard like that yeah that kid will probably come back out and go slam town on something else because he works hard to be honest with you i truly believe that we do have some more openings in may available if anyone would want to come out and get their feet wet it's one of the best ways to learn our country so let's roll right into archery because Everyone's been waiting for numerous podcasts, and we're just going to roll into an introduction podcast of how it's all kind of been. We're screwed. (laughs) (laughs) 
seriously. Jay and I have been in loser denial multiple times this year. I tell everybody, I'm like, make sure get Jay's guns unloaded. <laughs> so, how was archery season, dude? Tell us about it. Our archery season was good. I, I've been in elk just about every single day. Um, just couldn't put it together. We kept getting beat to our wind. Had a few mishaps between communication with the clients called some bulls in just never got any shots off just a normal old archery season yeah my clients were from wisconsin they're they were awesome dudes i had a really great week with them we had a good first day got beat to our win um a bull responded really close in, in a spot i really didn't think you know there there wasn't going to be an elk down i mean off the road from us for, uh, 80 yards if that and the bull come barreling in and, and just beat us to our wind before we could do anything we struggled a little bit midweek having a hard time getting elk to you know respond and really getting into them how much locate bugling do you do uh honestly not a ton unless it's in the right place i'm not running the ridge bugling my brains off i i, I ran into a lot of like bugling running this year you don't walk out to like beautiful cliffs that like overlook scenic valleys and bugle from them not often no really yeah i see that all the time that's what they do on instagram right and you know it works in some units but (laughs) (laughs) not this one no and then finally the last day uh we had a little bit of action down down to pretty much dark and um just just kind of get a get a full commit and yeah you know I remember those uh your guys the one's feet were falling apart. Yeah, his his feet were absolutely trashed. Dude was and, a trooper. Yeah, it was a trooper. We were we were, I mean, I was covering ground really well. Um I mean, heck, we we had multiple multiple throw ups that week one in my car. <laughs> Getting after it. Yeah. Freaking right. That's, that is if that's how you archery hunt. You yeah. go so hard you puke. Yeah, if you don't puke, you're not you're not going far enough. <laughs> exactly. You come with that mentality, and I swear you won't go home unsatisfied. And yep. actually, you weren't the only one that got puke in their truck because Jimmy's client, the youth hunter, he ate a giant burger and then he drank a giant milkshake because they were taking a break day, and oh, no. Jimmy drove him up. <laughs> A really bad back road and the kid puked so he was going at it really hard that week too actually but the wind the wind messed up a lot of hunts the yeah it was very windy that week we even that week yeah um we even sat back and did some glassing a, a day or two just because the, the wind was swirling so much saw bulls and had some good game plans but yeah. i had the same thing in the back country okay so now back to the third week how was your third week Third, third week, um, I was in elk quite a bit. You know, same sad story. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. If you bring a hoochie mama out here, I'm going to shoot you in the face. And if you use it, I'm going to shoot you in the face twice. <laughs> okay, I have to cut that out. But <laughs> No, leave that in there. If you want to bring anything, bring Zins for your guide and he'll like you. Don't bring a hoochie mama. We ran into that a lot. A lot of clients came out this year wanting to call for themselves. And there's so many things about DIY and guided hunts where everyone says the guided hunt is the easy way out. and It's not. Do the DIY thing. But really, if you're paying for a guided hunt, there are things that the guides know how to do correctly. And 
one of those things, especially in this camp, is they know how to do call setups correctly. So all we do is just ask the clients not to bring their own calls and not to try because you could be really messing up your own hunt. Yeah, there's, from the time that you pull into the trailhead or wherever you're going in the morning, every move is honestly pre-thought your guide has been sitting there what do we say we say trust the process exactly always and it's done like down to like you're constantly looking at your clock to make sure that you hit certain points so that the thermals change at certain times you're not going to make it everything is like strategically done so when something's thrown out dude that it mind boggles me like i'm like son of a gun now i just made a peep someone made a noise from right here and i didn't want to even let elk know that i was coming in from here yet. exactly just lots of lots of scenarios lots um calls are just a tool in the tool bag they're not what the whole an archery elk hunt is not based around the freaking bugle tube it's based around the bow and arrow that's in your hand and uh yeah you you don't need a bugle tube uh, and it, it gets annoying sometimes with how much people emphasize on calling and I love the call I love to show off that I know how to call and things like that but I'd just soon pack that tube around and beat the dew off the brush with it um, and strategically get into places and things like that and when you got someone blowing on the daggum hoochie mama when you don't know it and they sound like crap anyways yeah sorry Will Will oh, Primos oh Wilbur <laughs> Yeah, I have. A, I have. Well, a it's marketing, man. I mean, yeah. that, that, that's what a lot of this is. I mean, especially with the huge wave of different things you can buy online and classes and courses and and everything. It's it's all marketing. And if you think, yeah, I mean, it is good to have information and 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 learn about it. But if you know, a hundred thousand other dudes are getting the exact same information, it's going to change the game. You're desensitizing the animal. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's what you do. You're, you're changing the game. I mean, you you really are. And and like you said, it's it's a tool, and it it does help in in the right cer certain situations. It's great. Yeah, you have to understand the ball game from start to finish before you can just dive in at any point in time and try to play. Yeah. So I have a wild theory. I believe that they put down guiding and outfitting and outfitters and guides are so dang dumb and lazy that they just followed in the suit but they beefed up DIY and putting down outfitting and guiding so much because the only people that can debunk all the bull crap that is told to them from people selling product is guides and outfitters because they spend the most times in the woods and once they make them look bad and that that's a, not a system that anybody needs to go through and they don't know what they're doing now they can feed you whatever bull crap they want and you will buy and try and sell and buy and just go on and go on and go on it's, it's a business I, you know i mean plain and simple that that's that's what we were seeing you know in the last 10 years with the you know expandables and the lighter faster setups and especially in the whitetail woods i mean if you watch any of the outdoor channel or anything what are they doing they're throwing products down your throat yeah while guiding while most outfits had a fixed blade only thing they the whole rest of the industry is shoving mechanicals down your throat which you know mechanicals aren't the devil and in certain situations they work great but if you have a 32-inch well, draw length... Well, hunting is <laughs> hunting. 
and business is business. So who are you going to trust? Are you going to trust the people on each commercial making money off of the product that they're well, endorsing? Or are you going to trust the people that are making money off of killing there's, animals? There's some really bad businesses out there, though, yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, watch. Outfitters get all businessy. I'm yeah, uh, we know a lot of outfitters that are all about business, but at the end of the day, this outfit is only going to book hunts if we can produce animals, which is the sad truth because we have been producing honest opportunities. But in archery season right now, I've gotten so many text messages and calls. How many bulls have you killed? It's a sad well, truth. Well, we killed four bulls. We had X amount of clients in camp this season. We had this many opportunities, though. We had a couple wounds, which eats at all of us. It's kind of sad that that's what they're focusing on. How many people have rebooked with you? How many people enjoyed their time? You well, know, what's the story? Not when you have all the influencers showing pictures of them packing out and all these elk racks. Yeah, and it's unrealistic. No one, those dudes aren't hunting. Yeah, they might be hunting public land. Uh, that's what they're, they'll tell you. But it's a special draw that they've been putting in for. Some, some of them are really, really, really good hunters. And, you know, and they do that. And that's, that's their brand is themselves. And to, to an extent, it's, it's almost selfish in a way where th they're making it. So that's where everyone thinks, well, I need to be like that. I need to do this. And... Unless you got twelve grand, it's unrealistic for you to think that you're going to honestly go out if you truly believe that in six days you're going to try to kill a 12 or 15-year-old bull and you've never archery elk hunted in your life. That it's just You should go out there and be like, I'm going to take as much learning as I can, and if I can make it happen, I can. And if I can't, I can't. I'm going to just consume knowledge right i mean and typically what our return clients are the ones that yep. are, are killing because they have a better expectation and in, in a reality of what it's actually like and they're able to capitalize on the opportunities better because of it let's face it when you come out here for the first time it is shock and awe for your body and your brain and everything and to start with, if you're going to be an archery elk hunter, I've seen a bunch of people come and go as clients and guides. And if you don't have a, if you don't want to suffer, archery elk hunting is probably not your game. If you don't like to just get after it, I mean, and we'll, I don't know how to say it. In if you're not way. willing to die for it, then yeah. archery sucks. Yeah. I mean, plain and simple. You are going to sweat. You are going to have a backpack grinding on you. And it is a mile game. Uh, sure, you can sit. You can sit. And sometimes that works. But the highest percentage on a six-day hunt is covering max amount of ground and trying to get in their face. And that's bottom line. And if you're not willing to come and get after it, it's going to be a struggle. You're going to find all these things that we've talked about. You're going to find little excuses for everything a while it's not happened and oh it's not like this it's not like that and then you talk to one of our clients and they they hiked their brains out and they're like it's amazing we got into bulls we had elk all over us yeah there was like four or five days of nothing but those three of super good paid off and some of the days you don't feel like hiking you want to just sit there i ain't gonna sometimes it's hard for me to go as a guide day in and day out 
So don't think that as a client that you're the only one suffering. The guide is also. Yeah, it doesn't get any easier. Uh, it, you just get used to the pain. Yeah, it's a it's a hard animal to kill. Yeah, freaking tough. I hate them. I love them in archery season, and by the end of archery season, I'm ready to get out death sticks and shoot at them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I know guys that grind out archery season the entire month. And sometimes, th- some years they're successful within the first week. And sometimes they're going out till the very last day of the season, still grinding away and trying to make it happen. And and they're good hunters. They yeah. really are. But that's that's just the reality of it. Opportunities are hard to come by, no matter where you are. And we're not saying this to scare anyone. There's outfits that can accommodate all kinds of people. But with us, this year, we had amazing clients just for the fact that we've never sugarcoated anything. I have to say, this is the first year we did not send anyone home early unless they had already planned to go home early. No one sat back at camp. One or two clients kind of take a day break and then get right back into it. No, and was, it was very smart of them that did that. There's no way that you can archery elk hunt and not go 100%. Maybe we're too extreme on it, but if someone pays me money, I'm giving them an honest day's wages, and I'm going to work myself to death whether you pay me to rake leaves or rake in bulls. Don't matter. We're going to go until you can't go no more. And that's the way all the guides go about it. So rationally thinking about I mean, think about that. You paid someone for a service, and then you get upset that they went too hard ho- you they yeah. work too hard for you if you're not ready to go home and go back to work to get a break then we didn't hire yeah. you know yeah honestly it's it's suffer six weeks i love it mm-hmm. i love the i i i miss it already son of a gun it's over so if you can't tell we're targeting the clients that want to suffer with us <laughs> we have a couple more spots next year in archery season but we did have 80 percent rebook rate this year so um the spots are dwindling fast if those guys they want to experience a true mountain adventure come on let's do it i mean we hunt from daylight till dark i promise to you even if you don't have a chance at one you will not go home unsatisfied that you didn't give max effort I, I don't know how some of these places they tell me that they went back and ate at lunchtime I almost I could look back and almost every bull that's been shot through this hunting outfit most of them in archery season is when elk go to bed you're not hunting elk in their bed in archery season it's crazy because they spend 70% of their day in their bed so trying to hunt them in transition is it's brutal. Yeah, it's, it's it's like, you, you can't keep up with them half the time. You got to let them get to their bed or yeah. <laughs> to catch up back up with them. I want to say we got a free draw Shrock. He's probably going to prison soon once uh, that whole settle thing gets settled. Oh yeah, we should <laughs> tell that. Story. We've got all kinds of stories. We've just been so busy to we got to take a while to remember. I know. Yeah, when we were run over by the semi truck. Yep. bear hunting. Yep, that's a little another little teaser of stories that's coming. Yep. So we're going to have to wrap this up. All right. I'd like to thank everybody out there that uh, listens to us and everybody that helped a hand on this lodge. Uh, I'm forever entitled to you guys. Thank you very much. Uh, And we're all going to sing Happy Trails again. Happy Trails to you. Come on, everybody now. All right. This is us over and out. (laughs) Bye.